Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, PA here, Pastor Adam Bird, and I'm so grateful uh, that you would tune in to watch us here at our Every Nation New Jersey channel. And so uh, I want to tell you something. God's got a word for you. God's got a word for you today. And so we're actually kicking off uh, a new sermon series uh, on Advent. But before we head there, uh, what do you say, because it's the holiday season, uh, a little like Christmas carol trivia. Are you into Christmas music? Like, like do you have a favorite uh, Christmas carol? You know, just a bit of uh, useless information is that, you know, in my household, uh, every Christmas year, uh, we have a, a little game we play. And it's like whoever hears uh, the, the I want a hippopotamus for Christmas song uh, on the radio, uh, whoever's the first to hear that in my family, man, you win a prize. Now, that prize is to be determined depending on who wins uh, the contest. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a prize nonetheless. So it's a ridiculous Christmas song. Actually, it shouldn't be a Christmas song. But uh, uh, let's say here a little bit of trivia. So uh, did you know that Jingle Bells was originally uh, written for Thanksgiving, not for Christmas, right? And for the record, you know, Jingle Bells also, it was the first song ever played in outer space. Man, it, it was uh, December 16th, 1965, uh, NASA's um, uh, Voyager 6 uh, actually uh, played the song. And so here's another one. Uh, do you know that the best-selling Christmas carol of all time. Do you know which one that is? You got it. Yeah. Bing Crosby's uh, White Christmas. I'm dreaming of... That'll be all the singing I do. Actually, that's not true. I'll probably do some more. But uh, um, how about this? Maybe you've heard of uh, the, the Christmas song. Uh, for me, when I heard that, I was like, what, what Christmas carol is that? But actually, you do know it. It's it's the chestnuts roasting on an open fire one. Here's what's crazy about, about that song is, did you know it was actually written uh, during one of the uh, hottest heat waves the United States had ever experienced before. And so when you're talking about uh, chestnuts roasting uh, by an open fire, no, not when this song was written. And how about this? It was also the, the guy who wrote the Christmas t uh, uh, song, the Christmas carol, was actually a guy, Mel Torme. Uh, he, he actually didn't celebrate Christmas because he was a Jewish man, right? Who knew? Uh, and uh, uh, now my daughter, Cassie, and I, we have a favorite uh, Christmas song that comes on during the holidays. It's, it's Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is you, is you. And so, guys, if you think that's soft, get off me, man. It's Christmas, okay? Um, and apparently, uh, I'm not the only one who likes that Christmas song. Uh, apparently, Livestock is very fond of it as well. Because uh, uh, dairy farmers, uh, they had found that if they play Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You uh, for their goats, that their goat milk uh, increases production by about 20%. Who knew, right? <laughs> and then uh, we'll, we'll end our, our trivia with this. So uh, do you know that the first song ever played on the radio, uh, it was this, Oh Holy Night. It was back on Christmas Eve. 1906. And, and, and I, I want to stop there because uh, Oh Holy Night, you know, there's a lyric in there that I think is very applicable to where we want to go today. And uh, it's this lyric, uh, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. 
And see, I just think that that word hits us. It's so appropriate in 2024 because, man, I I feel like that there's a weary world out there. And it's because we've uh, allowed our hope uh, to to grow small. And and I want to encourage us. And so today we're going to talk about the advent of hope. And if Advent's a new idea to you, you know, Advent, it simply means this. It means arrival or the dawning of something new. And, um, and so Advent, it's, it's usually celebrated the, the, the four weeks prior uh, to Christmas. And so there's, there's usually four themes uh, around the season of Advent. And they're, they're this, uh, hope, uh, peace, joy, and love. And this week we're going to begin with the idea of hope. And here's why I believe that it's so important that we begin with hope, because um, I think it's, it's impossible to experience the other themes, peace, joy, and love, unless you first have the foundation of hope. So for example, like I just believe that, that to have peace, True peace uh, is impossible without a future hope. It just is. Like if you pay attention to the world today, man, we have these microscopic uh, viruses uh, like COVID that's trying to kill humanity. And yet uh, on a grander scheme, it seems like global warming and other things is trying to take uh, humanity and our environment out. And and you you think about it, man, there's so much disunity and and, uh, disharmony uh, in our nation, but as well around the world. What you get, uh, you got wars in Ukraine and in Israel. and, And so all this global unrest rest and it can be overwhelming unless unless you believe that seated on the throne of everything is a benevolent sovereign God uh, who controls all of it like like a God who can tell evil you can go this far and no further a God who one day is going to come and and he's going to remove all evil and wickedness from the world and he's going to make everything uh, new again See, it's impossible to have peace uh, without a future hope. In fact, I I think we get just a glimpse uh, of kind of the peace that that Christmas offers us. Uh, And when we look at this, I'm going to show you a brief video. It's it's actually uh, uh, World War I, Christmas Eve, 1914. We're in the thick of World War I when, when the gunshots on Christmas Eve, they ceased. And into the silence came uh, the sound of song that soldiers begin to sing in their different languages, Silent Night. Take a look. Jenkins, open. Night.
Ein Brecher kommt! Ein Brecher kommt! Jim? Jim! Komm, komm, gib ihn! Halt! Er ist nicht bewaffnet! Nein, Otto! My name is Jim. My name is Otto. Pleased to meet you, Otto. Freut mich. Wasn't that incredible? Like, like you see, man, the, this idea of, of, of the hope and the peace that Christmas would bring. But that idea of sleep in heavenly peace, it's impossible without a future hope. How about this joy? Uh, joy is one of the Advent themes. But do you know that, that hope is joy's fuel? It, it just is. So uh, I remember uh, uh, Pastor Bruce Ho, if you're watching Pastor Bruce, God bless you, bro. You know this is true. I'm about to out you. And Pastor Bruce Ho took a, a team of pastors from Manhattan and picked up a, our team out here in New Jersey. And we were headed to D.C. Uh, for a pastor's conference. And he was kind of geeked up. He got a rental car and he hadn't driven in a while. So he's like got the driving gloves and everything. He's just pumped about, about being able to drive again. And uh, as we're driving uh, on the, the New Jersey State Thruway, uh, suddenly he starts to pull off to the side and I look at Bruce and I'm like I'm like bro do you have to go to the bathroom or something he goes no I'm like then what are you doing he goes um I'm running out of gas <laughs> and there we were stranded on the side of the road and I, I can't help but notice as a pastor and just as a hum human being to see how many people are running out of gas like like their their joy tank is low because they've lost uh, their hope. See, hope is impossible, uh, or excuse me, a joy is impossible without a future hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You see, see, a joyous fuel is hope itself and the God of hope wants to fill you uh, with hope that you might flow in joy. Um, and then the other one was love. And I just want to say this, man, that, that love without a future hope is flimsy and it's weak. It, it just is like um, and now I, I'm going to just a uh, little confession here. I may or may not have already seen four or five Hallmark movies. Uh, right. Have you watching these? The Hallmark Channel, man. My girls always got it on. I got to admit, I, I get into it. But you notice it's the same show over and over and over again. Right. It's uh, he likes her, but fill in the blank. She likes him, but fill in the blank. And, and it's funny, it's even the same actors in every movie. They just switch different roles, right? And so, um, but it's, 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 there's all this tension. And then in the end, they get together, they kiss and what credits roll <laughs> and it just ends. But you know what I wish? I, I wish they would keep uh, the camera moving, like keep the cameras rolling, bro, because that's not true love. That's infatu infatuation, this little emotive thing. But, but true love that's rooted in hope is very very different like they need to keep the cameras rolling because that dude she's going to find out that he uh, he's got issues and he's a bit of a mama's boy and then he's going to find out about her she's a daddy's girl and she's really high maintenance but amidst all that tension man if you have a love that's rooted in a future hope in god man it, it's robust and it'll give you the staying power to work through you ju your junk 
In fact, did you know uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter where it says all these things uh, that love is. But do you know what it begins with? Like the primary ingredient to the God kind of love rooted in a future hope is this. He says, love suffers long. Isn't that amazing? See, it's, it's, a, it's not flimsy love that we people are falling in and out of love today, but it's a robust, firm, rooted in a future hope, the love of God. And so it's impossible to have these Advent themes without our foundation of hope. And so let's let's bring a little definition to, to hope today, because I think a lot of times uh, in, in our uh, mind here in 2023, it's like, oh, I hope and I cross my fingers and it may or may not. That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope uh, is literally a confident expectation of good, a confident expectation for good. It's not flimsy optimism. You see, optimism, it's not rooted in anything solid or stable, but biblical hope. A hope rooted in God, man, now that thing is rock solid. Let me read it to you in uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 to 20. It says, So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast, get this, anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so did you see this? Like, like we have this, this firm foundation um, of hope. Why? Because it's rooted in an unchanging uh, God in which it's impossible for him to lie. And so if I could give you just a, a little word picture today, man, just think of hope being a rope that's rooted in God and it becomes the anchor to your soul. And when we grab um, the rope of hope uh, by faith, man, that's it becomes this anchor to our soul because it's rooting in, in someone unchanging uh, and impossible to lie, Almighty God Himself. And so, um, you need to be careful because in this season, it's really easy to misplace our hope. Like, like Christmas, uh, it makes promises it just can't keep. Like if you pay attention to the advertisers and all the, the man, just the gauntlet uh, of uh, Christmas commercials out there today, uh, man, it's, it's trying to sell you a lie, a promise that, that Christmas can't keep. So for example, Man, uh, advertisers know that you're feeling hopeless and sad during the holidays. What will make everything right? A puppy, <laughs> right? And so listen, I'm a dog guy, man. I think puppies are awesome. Do you notice too that it, it's never a cat? <laughs> I just, uh, in fact, my daughter sent me this Instagram post. It has nothing to do with the message, but I thought it was awesome. It's, uh, it was actually uh, during COVID when, when everyone was locked down, uh, as someone posted this, they said, uh, all of our dogs think we quit our jobs to spend more time with them. All of our cats think we got fired for being the losers they always knew we were. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I love it. And that's so true. Now, uh, back to our message, right? And so um, I, I just want to tell you this, that, that um, uh, a dog is, is amazing. A puppy, man's best friend. But I promise you this, 
they're not a strong enough uh, to be an anchor for our soul. They're just not. Um, how about this? Uh, you're feeling hopeless and sad during the holidays. Man, man, what can you fix your hope to? Hey, he went to Jared. He went to Jared, right? Come on, ladies. And now that'd be great, man. You get that, that ring, a little bit of bling uh, on your finger, and it, it may be awesome uh, until you find out your girlfriend got one that's a carrot bigger than yours. Mm. Or, man, just the style change, changes or you get bored with the setting, uh, and then what? It, it, it's just, it's not enough to sustain you. Uh, it isn't. It can't hold your hope. Um, here's a, my, my last one, and you've, we've all seen this one. You're, you're feeling hopeless and sad. What would make everything great again? Um, and if you had a brand new Mercedes in your driveway this Christmas with a big red bow on it. Now, I'm not going to lie, man. That'd be a pretty awesome Christmas gift, <laughs> right? Uh, but here's what I promise you will happen. Eventually, it's going to lose its new car smell. Your kid's going to dump goldfish or chicken nuggets in it, and you're probably going to spill a coffee or two in it. And then you know what? It's just going to be your crappy car. You see what I mean? Like, like it's Christmas makes promises it just can't keep. And, and if you don't believe me, like it's not strong enough to maintain our hope. Uh, let me just ask you this: What did you get for Christmas last year? I promise you, you, you can't remember why, because it's just it's fading. But here's the promise, man: that as we fix our hope in God, the promise is this: that that it's imperishable undefiled, man, and unfading. Let me read it to you. Uh, Peter says it in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 4. He said, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. We'll talk about that. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is, here it is, that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And I just so love that, man, as we anchor our hope in God, it's imperishable. In other words, our hope will never die. There's no shelf life to our hope because it's anchored in an eternal God. It's imperishable because, man, it's anchored into God who's all powerful. Like there's never been a moment where God's like, oh, I can't do this. Holy Spirit, come and help me. Jesus, come and help me. The Godhead has never done that because they're all powerful. That, that the Godhead, man, that our hope is anchored in is ever present, is all present around us. In other words, we never have to grope or say, God, where are you? But he's always present with us. Man, that's a place you can anchor your hope. Also, he's all knowing. Like, like the God, God has never had a moment when he's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, it'll come to me. It's never happened in the Godhead because he's all knowing. And listen, while a puppy would be amazing, I would rather anchor uh, my hope into something that's imperishable. We, it said also that it was that our, our hope is it's undefiled. And that means that, man, that there's um, that it's it's holy. It's pure. And so we find this about God, that God is not only all-powerful, all-knowing, but he's also all-loving. And so, you know what, in my, in my home, it was funny, we were having entertaining guests. And as we were getting the house all together, this is in July, we realized, oh my gosh, the Christmas village had been up the entire time. Like, like we forgot that it was even there. there. There's a word for that. It's called habituation. It's where you, you see something so much that you become blind to it. And uh, man, I, I think we do that with God. Like there's all these little acts of kindness and love on a daily basis that we get and we become blind to it. Like, like how good is God um, that, that uh, food tastes? 
Like, you know that thing you saw in the Matrix where they just plug something into you, man, and some, some nutritional goo or something like that could have been. But no, but God was so kind and loving to us. He gives us uh, the beauty of flavors and taste. Um, how about this? Like, I just want to say this, man. I know I'm a pastor, but this is true. Man, sex is amazing. And it's a gift from Almighty God. Like, sex is God's idea. Do you know, like, like so for, so we were to re- reproduce and be fruitful and fill the earth. Like, God could have done that gremlin thing where, like, a little bit of water gets on you and then the gremlins reproduce. Like, like we could have done that. Or, or that whole stork thing could have been true. But what did God do? No, no, he designed this idea of a man and a woman coming together, two becoming one. I mean, how good is God? Um, here's another one, dude. Like, like beauty is a thing. It, it just is. There's something soul-stirring. Like God could have made the world gray, black and white, but He didn't. He made it in HD, high definition. If you ever seen the the blue green of the Caribbean or or the Northeast in the fall, it's stunning. There's something soul-stirring, and it's nothing but a gift from Almighty God. And so uh, it, it's undefiled. And that our hope is anchored into something unfading. In other words, it never grows old or grows dull. Like our hope in, in God. Do you know that like stuff, it, it gets old. Like your favorite song, how long is your favorite song? Like I'm that dude who plays the song over and over and over and over and then I get sick of it. All right. Or, or how about this, ladies, you know that outfit that just makes you feel, feel beautiful and pretty and special. But as you wear it a few times, what happens? Man, it very quickly begins to fade. But, but not our hope anchored in a God because God's glory is unfading. It'll never, ever grow old. And then we read in our first Peter text that, that, that Peter calls it a living hope. Isn't that something? Like, like that our hope is alive. It's vibrant. There is a heartbeat to our hope. And so I love um, in Proverbs 13, verse 12, it says this, Hope deferred, and that word deferred, it means to seize or to carry away. And so hope that is seized or carried away makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And so it's like, man, when when our heartbeat of hope is taken from us, what we we grow, our souls grow sick. But conversely, get this, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, but they who wait on the Lord, that word wait, do you know in the Hebrew, it also is, is the word to hope. But they who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so as we anchor our hope uh, into the Lord, what the promises that strength is going to come. But get this, because it's a living hope, do you know everything that's living or alive, it must be fed or fueled. And so I, I, I just, I see this all too often that we forget to fuel our hope in God. And so uh, let me give you like a few basic ways you can fuel your hope. Uh, the first way would be this. Uh, speak to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. Speak to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. Um, uh, let me uh, read to you Psalm 42, verse 5. Uh, the psalmist says this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet again praise him my salvation. And so you see this, the psalmist is like, he's talking to himself. Hey, you hope in God. And so we need to speak to ourselves, and not to necessarily listen to ourselves. 
Um, do you know uh, the, the, the voice of the Grinch? Uh, You're a mean man, Mr. Grinch. That guy is the same guy who played Tony the Tiger. They're great, right? It's, it's this guy, uh, his name is Thurl Ravenscroft. And I, and I reference that because isn't it amazing to have these two uh, characters that are in two different extremes? Like you got the Grinch, who everything is horrible, everything's negative, and then you get Tony the Tiger, who's this consummate optimist. You're the greatest, right? And, and you know what? In a very real way, all of us, we have an inner Grinch in an inner Tony the Tiger, and, and you need uh, to give voice uh, to Tony. <laughs> like, like uh, you know that uh, 80 to 85% of our thoughts are negative. Like science and research has told us that. And so, man, you need to speak to yourself and not necessarily listen to all the trash that you hear uh, in your head. Man, the, the scripture would say this, death and life are in the power of our tongue. And so you need to speak to yourself and, not, and don't listen to yourself. And then... Um, the second way, and I know this seems basic, for the record, I, I preach the same sermon every week. Man, read your Bible, read your Bible, and pray. <laughs> and that's kind of the same sermon, sermon over and over and over again. But uh, And so, man, how do you fuel your hope? You get in that book. You get in the scriptures. And this isn't me saying it. This is Harvard. Uh, so Harvard has done the Human Flourishing Project. And here's what they discovered. If men and women will regularly, daily, get into the scriptures, that you'll increase your hope by 33%. Did you get that? Like, like just by opening the word and getting into it on a daily basis, hope, your hope tank begins to fuel, uh, begins to uh, fill up, and it fuels everything in your life. And so the expectation is that you and I would be so filled up, be such a people of hope that other people would see you and go, what's up with that guy or that girl? First Peter 3.15, it says, but in your heart, uh, in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord as holy, always being prepared, get this, to make a defense to anyone who asked you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Like, did you catch that? Like, like people should stop you and go, man, why are you such a hopeful person? Because you filled up your tank of hope that's anchored in God. And so, do you know, uh, man, if you're a follower of Christ, hope springs eternal for you and for me. That, that we have a hope for our future. Man, do you know uh, from the first cry uh, of Jesus, that baby in a manger, to his last cry as he screamed out from the cross, it is finished. All of that was about securing for you and for me, fully and forever, our salvation. Man, man so the future, uh, we have a future hope. Do you know, for, for you and I, this is as bad as it gets. But for those, man, if you don't know Jesus, this is as good as it gets. And so, um, do you know uh, as well that, that, that we have this future hope that sad things will somehow, some way, become untrue. So I don't know if you've ever had kind of dreams where it seems so real. I remember my wife and I, we were, we were, we were newly wed, and, and my wife wakes up in the middle of the night, and she starts yelling at me. <laughs> like, and she's like, um, I hope you're proud of yourself. What are you going to do? And I'm like, baby, baby, you're sleeping. You're sleeping. Just wake up, wake up. And she goes, I'm not sleeping. She says, I've been washing the car all night tonight, and you've not helped me. And I'm like, baby. You've not been washing the car. And then she started, like, you see the fog started to lift, and she realized, oh, that's not true. It was just a dream. <laughs> right back to sleep, right? And, but Tim Keller, 
he didn't have just have a dream he had a nightmare and uh, uh, Pastor Tim Keller, he, he had this nightmare that his family w was m brutally murdered. And it was so alarming, but he woke up in the morning and then to realize that his wife and his children were still very much alive and with them. What happened? Man, joy increased, love increased, affection increased. In, in, a, in a real way, man, that's our future hope. That somehow, man, that, that God says, I'm gonna make everything new again. And that sad things are gonna become untrue. And any sad thing that you've endured, man, it's somehow, some way, it's gonna increase your joy. Um, so we not only have hope for the future, but you know, you have we, we have hope for our past. Isn't that amazing that, that, you know, that you and I, we don't have to be defined by our past failures. And so the great news about God is that he's a redeemer. Like he's an, he's an able, he's able to make uh, uh, things new and better. Um, have you ever seen the show Chopped? Like, man, I love Food Network. We watched that and they got this show Chopped where people get a mystery basket and they open it up and it's always these chefs that they're given all these ridiculous ingredients it's like uh, we have a pop tart and a pomegranate and, and a, a ladle of gravy right now go you have 20 minutes chef and then they go and they start making everything and you can only you can use these ingredients and somehow some way they, they chop it all up and then they're able to present man this beautiful beautiful plate of food and it, it tastes fantastic how did you do that and, and I gotta add, like God, man, is the great chop chef. He's able to, to take our mess and somehow turn it into our message. Like we don't have to be defined by our past failures. Do you know there's a, a man, Augustine, do you know that he was a sex addict? Um, but then he became a Christ follower and he became the greatest theological mind our faith has ever known. That, that there was a man by the name of Saul. He was a violent uh, um, zealot. Uh, he was uh, uh, imprisoning and murdering Christians. And yet God would radically save him. And he would become the Apostle Paul. That he would write two-thirds of the New Testament epistles. That, that he would become uh, the, one of the, the greatest missionary our, our faith has ever known. Right? You, you don't have to be defined by your past. Uh, in fact, God can make your mess your message. Um, so there's a guy, John Newton. John Newton was a wicked, wicked man. He was a slave trader and a drunk. And so this raging alcoholic, he was actually on one of the slave trading ships. And he was such a, 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 a raging alcoholic drunk that even the slave traders on, on the ship with him, they couldn't stand him. And so they threw Newton uh, overboard, right? Like, like, you know, that was bad when a slave trading boat kicks you off the boat. That's like getting kicked out of Vegas, man. And so, uh, so but this happens. But Newton... He has an experience with the Lord and he becomes a Christian and this wicked man that used to uh, uh, trade human beings as slaves. Now he became their greatest advocate and he would he would disciple a man by the name of William William Wilberforce who would give his life over to the abolition uh, of slavery. And then then Newton, he would pen these famous lyrics. Uh, Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Man, God can take your mess and turn it into your message. You know, we have, uh, we're, we're uh, actually doing a special offering for a ministry called Prison in the Wild, and, 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 and Pastor Rex leads that ministry. And do you know why he, he's leading uh, this ministry? Because he spent time in prison. Like, like you can see that, that that mess now, what? It becomes a mighty message for him to, to minister to people uh, that are incarcerated. You know, that I see this all the time, that, that former addicts, they have all this compassion in this 
this mercy for their soul for, for current addicts, and they, they tend to lead recovery ministries, so on and so forth, man, that, that we uh, have hope for our past. And then lastly, you know, we have hope for our present. Man, I heard this uh, poem this week, and I thought it was so great. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. It's why we call it the present. And man, we have hope for the present. And listen, I, I don't know, know where you are right now. Your, your world might be on fire right now. Uh, and, and listen, if that's you, man, I pray you anchor your hope in God. Put your hope in God. And so um, my, my wife, Susan, like, like she, she's, man, she can multitask. And so she can watch a movie, be on her phone, and cook at the same time. Like it's, and I can do one thing at one time. And so I, I know inevitably I'll be watching this movie and it's, it's getting to the, to, the, to the crescendo. And then my wife will start talking to me and then I need to choose. Like, who am I going to listen to? And, 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 and I've had these moments where I'm like, I'm like, baby, baby, shh, 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 wait, wait, wait. The good part's coming. And, and, and I just want to encourage you to put your hope in God. Because I just want to tell you, man, with all the noise of this is never going to end and it's never going to get better. I want to tell you, wait, wait, wait. Because the good part, the good part's coming. Do you know, there's, there's two words uh, in your Bible that occurs over 45 times. And it's these two words that are so powerful and should, should instill your hope in God. And it's these two words, but God. And if you're familiar with your Bible, man, there's people in dark, dark situations, but these two words come up, but God, like Joseph was rotting in an Egyptian jail, uh, but God was with him. And he had, he had no framework or couldn't fathom, man, that just a, a little bit later, he was going to become the second in command, the prince over all of Egypt. See, shh, shh. It, the good parts are coming. Even uh, in our New Testament, you see Paul and Silas, they're, they're rotting in a Philippian jail. They've been beaten by the jailer and thrown into the innermost stocks uh, of the prison. But, and, and so he's got no framework for ever getting out of there. But I'm like, Paul, shh, 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 wait, wait, wait. The good part is coming. But God was with Paul and Silas in the prison and, and they would get out of the prison and they would actually, the very jailer that inflicted wounds on him would clean Paul and Silas's wounds. That Paul and Silas would baptize the Philippian jailer, his entire family. And so I just want to encourage you today, man, put your hope in God because the good parts, the good parts are coming. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the honor of gathering together um, in your name, Lord. And my prayer is, God, that you, the God of hope, would fill us with hope. I, I want to speak the words of Paul in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you uh, with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Merry Christmas, every nation. And listen, our sermon is finished, but we're not, we're not quite done today. Is uh, I would love to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving. For those of you that have been uh, supporting uh, us in the tithe and the offering, can we just say from the bottom of my heart, thank you that you're empowering us uh, to get the message of God out. Um, there's three ways you can give. You can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Or you can give via text if you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977. It's a very convenient way to give. It's how my family and I give. Uh, or uh, you can mail in your check or money, or money order right here to our, our church offices at 
101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Uh, and listen, may, may God richly bless you as you are faithful in your tithing and your giving. Every nation, Jesus loves you, and I think you're amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation, New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.